Hello, friends. Welcome to the Focus to Evolve podcast, where we uncover modalities, habits, and technologies that enable people, teams, and organizations to break the unhealthy trance of busyness and evolve into a calm, deliberate, and healthy way of accomplishing far more in less time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining the Focus to Evolve podcast. Another solo cast coming from you. Jason Hinkle here. Very excited to cover today's topic. I'm going to kind of relax, sit back in my seat, and do a little bit of a review podcast today. I get asked a lot, what all do you cover in your coaching and in your trainings and in your keynote talks and things? So we cover a lot of different things. We have actually identified what we call meta skills, and we have outlined roughly 27 of them. When we go into companies, uh, teams, we do it with all kinds of groups, whether it be one-on-one coaching or, heck, we've even done groups up to 800 people in one event, believe it or not. But when we go in there, we're, we're pretty much repeating the same content or the same library of content. We pick different meta skills for the needs and the desires of the team or the customer or the individual. What we are really facing is what matters the most. Like, why are we doing this and why are we presenting these meta skills, which I'm going to review just some of them today. You will be able to pluck some of this and utilize it in your own working day, literally right now. That's what we love about the meta skills that we teach. It doesn't require you to really have to memorize anything or change too much. It's just little incremental things that make a huge difference for any golfers out there. If you have ever hit that ball out off of the tee shot and your driver is just like one or 2% left or right at that point of impact, that's the difference between that ball going in a lake and going on the fairway. So it's a pretty big deal, these little adjustments. And when we say the word meta skills, I want to explain what that means. It's basically a skill just like any skill that you have. Like when you were born, you did not know how to ride a bike. Somebody taught you that when you were able to finally do it one day. Uh, That's a a standard skill that, you know, kind of helped you along in certain ways. But a meta skill is a skill that you did not know. And then one day someone taught you. And as a result of learning that skill, you completely changed your life, all parts of your life, work, professional, personal, whatever the case may be. Take a skill example that you already have is reading. You were born, you didn't know how to do it, somebody taught you, and thank goodness they did because you know where you are now because you were able to read. You certainly wouldn't have the life you have now without that meta skill. So there you go. It's, it's basically a skill that impacts every other area of your life. And so that's what uh, we're going to talk about today. But really, I wanted to touch on why we are dealing with this and why I have dedicated my life to get in front of as many people as I possibly can about this stuff. You know, this is my work. So I, I'm nerdy as heck about all this stuff. I'm constantly doing research. I'm you know listening to a lot of thought leaders in the industries of productivity, well-being, the merging of both. And, you know, sometimes spirit comes into all that. We get a little woo sometimes because the truth is where science is going, it's kind of strange. It's like it's overlapping into the mystical realm now. If you know who won the Nobel Prize last year for physics, they won, actually it was three different physicists, but they won it on non-locality and the other part of it was quantum entanglement. But the non-locality part is the weird one. Uh, They pretty much mathematically show that when a conscious awareness is not observing 
something, it doesn't do that quantum collapse and become density. So basically, if you're not looking at the moon or no uh, observing consciousness is, then the moon's literally not there. It's just potential. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Some guy, I mean, these people are getting Nobel Prizes for this. This isn't just some, you know, ham radio person in the background. So, I mean, it's getting weird, folks. And our tools get more sensitive. And as the math gets bigger and as the quantum computing comes on and we can do these more advanced models, this is only going to show more and more of this beautiful mystery that we all live in. And we can just kind of all take a deep breath and relax that we really don't know very much. <laughs> and that's that's kind of helpful right there. Just meditate on that. One of the big research pieces I'm always into is what impact does burnout and overwhelm and just general mental fatigue have on a working person? Because I work with teams, companies, and people. So I, I'll just share a couple here. I mean, and, and believe me when I tell you, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> I mean, we really do. I don't know almost anybody who doesn't deal with nonspecific general anxiety or a little bit of subclinical depression or even clinical depression as a result of kind of what's happening at work. It has a monstrous ripple effect when you're not handling it very effectively or when it's just too much. So some, some of these little bits of uh, research that I found, burnout employees are 63% more likely to take sick days. That's according to Gallup organization. Can you believe that? 63% more likely to take sick days than people who do not experience burnout and workload overspill. Another one, workplace burnout is associated with a 260 percent higher likelihood of developing depression. Man, listen to that. That's, that's crazy. That's according to the International Journal of Environment Research and Public Health. They, I mean, can you imagine that? Almost three times more likely to have a depressed employee or team member uh, if they are experiencing the sensation of, I, I got too much on my plate. And if it's consistent, that's just a lot of cortisol squirting. That's a lot of adrenal fatigue and the attitude and the emotions, they can't be controlled. That's just us humans. When we get overwhelmed, we turn into animals. <laughs> we do. I'm talking to myself. I, I, Man, oh, man, I'm embarrassed to talk about some of my days when, you know, when I was really just not paying attention to this stuff and didn't get my way out of it. But another study out of Stanford showed that workplace stress and burnout contributes to a 46% higher likelihood of leaving a job voluntarily. Whoa. Can, I mean, if you own a company or if you're a manager or a supervisor of a team, right there, this is this is a big deal. These are not small things that don't really affect you. Uh, these are talking. We're talking about people being depressed on your team. We're talking about people leaving the job voluntarily uh, at a rate forty six percent higher. Uh, job burnout increases the risk of coronary heart disease by put your seatbelt on by seventy nine percent. I'm going to pause for dramatic effect right there. That's according to the Journal of Occupational Health and Psychology. Burnout increases the risk of coronary heart disease by 79%. We're not just dealing with getting more done for the sake of profitability here. We are talking about the well-being of human beings and people actually dying from this. Professionals experiencing burnout are twice as likely to make job function errors so if this is about profitability, yeah, if you're a manager, a supervisor, an owner of a company, do you want your employees making that many more job function errors? 
I mean, twice as much. That's just huge on the bottom line. That was according to the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. I love the one, I think it came from the Journal of Applied Psychology, but they were talking about how fatigued brains from workload spillover have roughly 60% lower emotional control. People not getting along on your team, employees aren't really interfacing the customers too well because they're just burnt out and overwhelmed and the emails are just flooding. Uh, you know, these are all things that can be handled. They can be learned. There are skills and settings and functionalities that can help with this tremendously. We'll be right back after this brief message. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Welcome back to the Focus to Evolve podcast. Let's take a look at some of these meta skills that can deal with these major issues that our society and our working environments are seeing. So the first one that we go into, the first module that we talk about in the trainings is how to enter a state of being called transient hypofrontality. Some people call it flow state. You call it getting in the zone. It's an actual state that humans can get into, and it is amazing. It multiplies your cognitive abilities by many times. You can't do it all day long. You have to kind of engineer it in and protect it, but you should get some of these protected deep focus sessions in your day every single day. We always recommend that people put these on your calendar as recurrence and you can kind of engineer it however you want. Uh, you got to know your chronotype. When are you switched on? You have to kind of know, you know, when your customers expect you, when you're, when you're able to disappear from the world and when you can't. So that's a, an important part of this flow state thing. So that's one thing that we teach is how to enter this deliberately so that you can get a lot more done in way less time per minute worked. And that's what it's all about. We also talk in other modules called the craft of distraction management. <laughs> and the idea here is quite simple. You want to eliminate distractions. And, and that's just the bottom line. There are so many books written on this now about how we're just this divided species when we're trying to work because the digital realm is upon us. And man, oh man, are we distracted. Takeaway here is ruthlessly eliminate distractions. Now, I could get into all kinds of science behind this. We could talk about cognitive switch tax. We could talk about cognitive resonance tax. We could talk about all the damage that multitasking and supertasking does for working people. And if you're one who, at the end of the day, you go to close your computer down and <laughs> you have to hit X like 36 times because you have that many windows open at the same time, then you're probably costing yourself tremendous amounts of time every single day. I'm talking hours because that's how inaccurate and slow the human brain becomes when compared to the human brain that is not distracted and not trying to do many things at the same time. 
Biorhythm adherence is another one. We've talked about the Yultradian rhythm on this podcast before, but give yourself breaks, two to three of these a day, five to 10 minutes. And if you don't even have that, close your eyes, lean back in your seat every two hours or so. Just take three to six real deep breaths and just watch how even that helps. It's kind of like Tony Robbins said, if you don't have time uh, for uh, 10 minutes of meditation, then you probably need an hour. (laughs) That's probably the truth. So there we go. Yeah. Adhere to your biorhythms. You are in a, a, a biological organism. You're a machine. It needs to be maintained throughout the day. You cannot punch all 12 rounds of a boxing match and expect to win. You can't race 500 miles and never take a pit stop. I don't know why business humans think they can just zip through a whole day when their you know, trading rhythm cycles are begging them to take some off times all throughout. So adhere to your biorhythms. Take some breaks throughout the day. Switching gears completely here, but there is so much importance in allowing yourself play and wonder throughout the day. You kind of like game layer your work so that you can access both hemispheres of your brain both the left hemisphere, the right hemisphere, those are two very different processing entities. The left one, it's the math. It's just yes and no. The right one is always the one that says, well, hold on a minute. I know you think up is up and down is down, but actually isn't the earth spinning? So which way is up? And aren't we spinning around the sun? So now which way is up? (laughs) It asks these questions. The right hemisphere will say, trees don't fall. The left hemisphere will say, yeah, trees fall. Uh, When they get old, they fall down. Uh, No, your right brain is correct. It does not fall. It gets pulled by gravity. Same with sailboats. They don't sail. Wind pushes them. And so that's kind of the difference between the left and the right hemispheres. You need to play and wonder and take time away from your analytical prefrontal cortex so you can get access to this way more vast wisdom of yourself. That kind of plays into perspective management. This was kind of inspired by Frank White. He, he wrote about the, this concept called the overview effect. And it's the uh, awareness and perspective forced shift that astronauts experience when they go up in space and they're looking down at Earth. They have this wildly different perspective of humanity, its place in the world, its place in the cosmos. We kind of begin to unlearn all of our knowings uh, when we look at that. Never mind the three physicists and how they're, you know, the Nobel Prize last year was for non local reality. And (laughs) we just really don't know very much. And so we need to shift our perspectives and ease up. We need to surrender the things that are not serving us anymore so we can have a liberated mind and a liberated psychology and heart to do the things we know we need to do. But we can't when we're all weighed down by all the stuff we think that we know. We have these limited five senses. I know we sense less than 0.00% four percent of the electromagnetic perspective we just don't sense very much we don't know very much in this cosmos and let's just admit that and have some fun together (laughs) all right here's another one that kind of comes to mind that i I love to uh, kind of talk about is the craft of learning how to learn now isn't that a strange thing to say learn how to learn and and you can learn how to learn way faster and more effectively You know, this was inspired by a Harvard Business Review article that I had read quite some time ago talking about why smart people have trouble learning. And I thought that, wow, that's what an interesting concept. The smartest people in the world have the hardest time learning. And it has to do with a whole lot of things, but they kind of get stuck in the uh, certainty. 
because they, when they were younger and kind of earlier adulthood, they were usually the smarter person in a room, and therefore they stopped listening to people, and then they kind of got stuck in their own knowing. And then as time goes on, they're usually the ones that are more stagnant because their neural architecture is pretty much, I'm the smartest one in the room, you don't need to listen. And I thought that was so interesting. And so that kind of led me down this path of, well, geez, I think everyone should learn how to learn better. And so that's uh, something that I would recommend you look into. We love to teach about that stuff. I want to mention energy management. So there's all this talk and all this writing about time management. Well, time management's very important. No question about that. But equally important is energy management. And that is because when you are on, if you have good energy and you're well-rested and the nutrients are great, you've been drinking enough water, you've been moving your body, when you take care of your engine, you go fast. It's just that simple. And I like to tell everybody that you are basically a three-day hangover. Um, so it's not just about how well you ate last night and uh, slept yesterday and all this stuff. It's the three days before gives you what you are today. So just think of it that way, a fun little shortcut. You are a three-day hangover. And on the day that you're going through right now, I always like to tell people, go on all the way, work hard but then take deep off time as well. So it's kind of like you level out. So if you're on like crazy, be off like crazy. doesn't mean spend the same amount of time off. It just means go to the degree of off that you were on. Because during the waking day, you know, you, you can't take equal amounts of naps every time you finish working for two hours. Uh, we know that wouldn't work, but take a deep off where you really turn off the degree of which you need to shut down all of your sensory inputs, your body, the whole thing. It's super important stuff. Your vagal toning will happen. Cortisol levels will drop back to normal levels. The adrenal fatigue will go away. Adrenaline levels come down and vagal toning happens. It feels good. You come out of that after just about 10 minutes feeling amazing. And so you maintain your energy levels throughout the day. It's more than just being organized and managing your time. It's equally important to manage your energy. There's another kind of management I haven't even put a name to it, but it's like content management, deciding what gets on your plate and what does not. So it's content management, super important stuff. So all of the managements of self, it's kind of fun to noodle through and think through those. Doesn't hurt to take a quick look. I'll leave you with this one. This one's called environmental engineering. And this is you basically eliminating all of the things that, as Jim Bunch says, expire you from your environments and replacing those things with things that inspire you or pull you in the direction of the life that you want, of the business that you want, of the profitability you want, of the relationships you want. When I say engineer your environments, I'm not talking about just your work environment or your desk and making it look clean, although that is part of it because every bit of clutter is just taking you away from the life you want little by little by little. It's death by a thousand cuts. I'm talking about all of your environments. How clean is your car? When you get in the car in the morning, is it kind of cluttered? Is the, the old gum wrapper still over there? Is that, that piece of gum sticking that just you look at every day and it kind of just brings you down a little bit? You're like, dang it, I'm going to clean that thing one of these days. All of these things, there are thousands and thousands of things out there where we need to eventually take time to clean it out. 
It's such an important thing. Don't forget about your internal environments too, your mental environments. So when you wake in the morning, what's the first thing that hits your eyes? You're not turning on the news, are you? (laughs) What's the first thing that hits your ears? Listening to something that illuminates you and fills you up with some new ideas. Or again, are you kind of turning on that news and seeing which bombs went off last night and what bad guy did what to who? And that's not the chemistry you want to start your day off with. And that is messing with your environments. I'm trying to think what, see if I can remember this old Zig Ziglar. Remember that guy? I loved him. He was one of the godfathers of motivational speaking and all that, if you haven't heard of him. But he would always say that your inputs influence your outlook and your outlooks influence your output and your output influences your whole destiny. So it all starts with your inputs and engineering your environments so that all of your inputs, all of your sensory inputs are motivating you and inspiring you instead of expiring you, like Jim Bunch says, that will get you there kind of almost on autopilot. And that's just a great idea. It's a great thing to do. So when you get home tonight, clean up your closet, straighten that out, do something in the kitchen that you've been meaning to do for a long time. Clean off all those papers on your desk, put them into Outlook or uh, you know some kind of an organization and tasking system. Give us a call if you want some help with that. Those were just a sampling of some of the modalities that we cover in our trainings. Lots more where that came from and some of them very strong in, in how they will influence your entire output. That, so we, we do work with business people, but Everything we deal with is a meta skill and it does impact all areas of your life when you really start embracing these things. So there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another transmission of the Focus to Evolve podcast has been completed and I can't wait to see you on the next one. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to our producing director, Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer, Ian Douglas. I'm your host, Jason Hinkle, thanking you for tuning in today and inviting you to like and subscribe to this podcast. Also, if you think this may help others in your personal or professional network, please share today's episode. Until next time, I wish you a calm, deliberate, and authentic week ahead. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.